This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, December 11th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. As many cities face housing crunches, we should remember that housing policy reform is overwhelmingly a task for state and local governments. Leo Biasucci is the Republican majority leader of the Arizona House of Representatives. We talked about how the state has addressed housing policy and how to strike the balance between more abundant housing and political realities. When I fly in, to Phoenix, which I did recently just for this podcast, uh, you notice everything's pretty spread out and it doesn't seem like there's any real shortage of land for building houses. So why would the state want to get involved in the process of uh, rejiggering or, or giving property owners a prop- the ability to rejigger their uh, commercial properties? to convert them to uh, more than just commercial use. Right. And it's, uh, you know, the idea of like we, we said, you came into to Arizona and to Phoenix, you see all this land everywhere. And, and something a lot of people don't know is uh, I think we have a 13% of our property is actually owned privately or the state. Everything else is federally owned, right? This is the big difference between the West Coast and the East Coast. East Coast, you have, you know, everybody, you know, tons of property that's that's private, but you come out West, you have national parks and you have everything that's owned by BLM and the feds. And so we do really have a problem. You have a lot of land, but a lot of it's not usable. Um, and so then you come to this issue of how do you find the properties that we can utilize for um, multi-use, you know, whether it's housing, condos, apartments, because our prices right now are absolutely through the roof. I mean, as you try to get an apartment here, you're talking, which is wild to think, right? You're in Arizona and you're paying 2000 a month for a one or two bedroom apartment. Those are things you heard about in New York or San Francisco, right? You don't, you don't even think to, to, that that would happen in Arizona. So in a time when we, we see all these commercial buildings have now laying empty, I think you talk to any investor out there, even the big the big names, they're all saying that the, the commercial building, this is going to be the next crash is because they're sitting empty. You had COVID, people working from home. So from our point, it's like, okay, how do we utilize this empty space? You have a housing crisis. You have not enough apartments or condos for people. Why not allow these commercial properties to be transformed into an apartment or a condo without going through all the red tape? Because we all know government, you know, you put your hands in something with government, it always takes... 10 years for it to, to come to fruition, which is, is always a pushback we get from even my constituents. You know, here I am, I put a permit in the city and it's been three months or four months. So for us, it's a, it's a no-brainer, right? You think a commercial building, there's there's tons of foot traffic already. You If you change that to an apartment complex, you're really not changing that atmosphere of people coming and going like they would in a commercial. And, and so it only makes sense to us to say, look, let's just get rid of that red tape um, we're talking just standalone commercial buildings. We're not talking about just broad dirt because that's the pushback we're getting from, you know, a lot of these, and we talked to, you know, league and city and towns and some other groups. Um, this is a win-win for everybody. In my opinion, you, you get rid of that empty building, that empty shell, put it to good use. Um, and let's get some more people here living in, in, in apartments and condos they can afford. And, and, you know, from a principled perspective, at the very least, your uh, would be allowing for individuals who own property who, through no fault of their own, uh, their investments have dramatically declined in value and allowing those people to escape from those investments 
while simultaneous uh, or escape from those losses while simultaneously providing <laughs> places for people to live yeah uh seems like a no-brainer uh but but you know local communities want to have their say too sure and you know that's going to be the pushback we we uh we had a similar bill this last session that kind of touched on this it was a little more vast and expanded more and and so the league and city of towns they push back because that is their thought right you know the city should be determining uh the zoning and, and what goes in and what doesn't not not the state but you know for us at the state level it's you know, we myself you know i'm a come from a very red district very conservative district i i'm a believer of government get out of the way and you know but let people figure out what they want to do. And so for me, it's, um, it's funny when they say, you know, oh, you should stay out of our business, but we're going to stay in their people's business as a city and town. Like that's okay, but not the state level, right? Where, where my mind is said, I'm thinking, look, this is less regulation. This is less government. Um, and that should be the path. I, I'm a believer in when government gets out of the way, things just thrive, right? Lower taxes, less regulation. It's a Republican kind of model or libertarian. Um, and so, the pushback will be there. I think that um, I think in the end they will get on board because this is just a small piece, right? The, the last bills they were they had a lot of different areas, a lot of different regulations. This will be a simple, simple fix that um, it needs to be done. I mean, when you have people that are living an hour away from their work because they can't find a place to live, and we're seeing it in small towns, Sedona, my home city, like Havasu, people are now living an hour away because they can't afford anything near because there's no inventory. There's nothing there. For a lot of uh, people, the issue of preemption is uh, sort of fraught. Right. Uh, that is, uh, you you want to have the, the, the lowest level of government uh, making decisions. And of course, the lowest, but I would argue the most important level <laughs> of government is self-government. Right which is you own the property, um, local tyranny exists, right? and it uh, can make your life more difficult. And if a state, the state is clearing the way for individuals to exert greater control over their own property, that ought to be all to the good. Can you give us a sense of like what the, you, you mentioned prices, but uh, to, what, to what extent the housing crisis exists in our areas in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, to give you a quick idea, my hometown of Lake Havasu, to tell you how bad it is, uh, 2,000 square foot home, you try to build one right now. And I know this for personal experience, uh, we were looking to build and uh, 2,000 square foot home, we're looking at 650,000, which is wild, if you think about that. In rural Arizona, a town of 55,000 people and you're paying $650,000 for a 2,000 square foot home. No, nobody can afford that. 8% interest, you're in the hole. Um, and so th this is the reality. And this is, I mean, this is not even Phoenix. We're talking like Havasu City, a small town. And so the prices have gone to a point where you know, we had a meeting with our local officials, restaurant owners, where you have waiters, bartenders, police, you know, teachers. They can't even live there. So they're, they're leaving. Um which in turn causes an issue, obviously, when you don't have a workforce, which we're seeing now as well. Um, it's impacting every business everywhere. So, you know, the, the whole idea of this is how do how do we chip away at this issue? How do we chip away to, at this housing crisis? Um, and when you have open inventory that's sitting there, um, why not utilize it? 
you know, why not say, okay, look, cut the red tape and, and, and let's get, you know, get the government out of the way and let people just do what they want to do with their, with, with their property. This is their property. Um, look, and if it was something where we're turning a, you know, industrial uh, you know, power plant into a, a housing unit in the middle of the, the resident, okay, fine. You, you can, might have an argument, but we're not talking about but that. You're, yeah. You're talking right. about clear and present risks. Absolutely. To people. Absolutely. Right. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm confident this will, this will be a good thing. And, and, you know, I, <laughs> when you talk about, you know, people not liking to have control, I mean, I, I always go back to HOAs and how, how many people argue and complain about the HOAs in their communities, right? They, they own this home, but they can't paint it a certain way or do a certain thing. And, um, and so my goal is let's, let's cut that red tape. Let's make it easier. Let's make it more efficient. And, um, to me, this is a no brainer. And HOAs people voluntarily. Uh, except right? <laughs> right. it's not like right. uh, the zoning board that is making determinations about what you can do with your own property uh, long after the fact. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. So it, it, more broadly, though, if uh, if Arizona uh, were to take this up and get even more serious about uh, freeing up uh, land for housing and and freeing up land that already has housing on it for the purposes of of making a housing a lot more abundant what what are some other pieces of low hanging fruit that you believe would uh deliver a disproportionate punch yeah, yeah i think one thing we have to do as a state and it's a struggle is that we we really got to get our land back um you know it's a struggle when when you look around and in another example and it's my district as i know is you know, when you're surrounded by BLM and federal land and, and you can't even um, get that land without going through an insane amount of red tape and, and hoops. Um, I mean, think about the state land department is a, a perfect example. We have all this land that's state land. Um, if you want to get that land, you have to pay for the appraisal, right? pray for all the legwork, pray for or pay for um, all the environmental studies. And then it goes to an auction. So then you could literally be outbid by somebody who has you did all the work, but they're going to come in and outbid you. And then, and then, so there's this other aspect, and that's a state level, right? We're not even talking BLM federal. So you have all these silly regulations that are just really making it difficult for anybody to invest in in, in Arizona when when you have all these you know things that they have to do or, or not do. And it's it's something where I think we have to figure out a way of of how do we make it easier? How do we make it? Um, to where people want to come here, and it's not a burden to go through all these all these hoops just to get some land and develop it. And 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 you see that when you, you know, when you you look at this Arizona, you look at Texas, you look at Florida, you look at all these states that have either low corporate tax, low income tax, or no income tax, um, less regulation. They're thriving, right? Look at California; it's a hot mess. Nobody wants to be in California anymore. People are leaving. You go to downtown San Francisco; it's a zombie land, right? And part of that's driven by housing. Absolutely prices, correct. Right? Uh, Absolutely correct. So. so California has adopted some uh, what's what may seem like small reforms right. to housing that stand to dramatically increase the supply in that state, allowing people to split lots, for example, right. build ADUs. Uh, I believe they may have gotten rid of uh, parking minimums for certain kinds right. of buildings. To what extent is Arizona looking at that kind of reform? I know people, people poo-poo California-style housing, <laughs> right. uh, but they've actually done some pretty 
impressive things in, in the last couple of years. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, th- this model language that we're working with Kato on um, in regards to the, the multi uh, commercial to the multi um, housing, uh, it's passed in Washington State and I believe Rhode Island. Um, so think about that, right? It's, it's the same situation. Like, wait a minute, Washington State is is doing <laughs> this kind of reforms, and they're considered this liberal, far left leaning socialist, you know, state. Um, and so you're right. And California is doing the same. And and I think with California, thankfully, thankfully, you know, it's sad what they're going through, but I think they've come to realize, right? It's almost when you have that pendulum that swings too far to the left. And then thankfully you have some sensible people that say, okay, wait a minute, like this is crazy. Like we, we need to start changing something. And so, you know, for us as Arizona, it's, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to look at these states that we see as far left leaning and, and complete disasters. Uh, we're looking at those states. We're looking at that language in Washington. We're looking at the language in Rhode Island. And we're saying, look, they're doing something right. It's it's silly for us not to look at them and say, let's let's copy that language if it's working and do it here. So it's funny you say that because that's exactly what, what language uh, we're going off of is, is off of the state of Washington and Rhode Island. So, so uh, w- there are costs that a housing crisis imposes, and it's only with decades of delay that a city uh, government feels those costs. Right. The, the population feels it, can feel it immediately. Anybody who wants to move to a town is paying uh, sometimes dramatically higher prices than they otherwise would. And it's all due to local regulation. Absolutely. And, and you know, when you can impose those kinds of costs on people and not really have to eat any of it yourself, that seems like, a, well, it seems like a problem. <laughs> You're right. You know, and it's uh, a perfect example of that is, it's a, some more legislation. It's actually ALEC model legislation. It has to do with property taxes, right? This, this is a hidden tax that um, a few states have tackled, Utah, uh, Nebraska, Kansas, I believe. Um, we're looking to do the same, but you know, you have this problem now, which I discussed about, you know, a 2,000 square foot home is 650,000, or you go to San Francisco and they're in the millions, but property evaluations go up and down. Right. And right now they are through the roof. So naturally what's happening is the property tax is going up at the same time, which is in some in some uh, situations, it's two, three, four thousand dollars that is just risen because now our properties are through the roof. And then you look at all the regulation behind that. Right. If you have the state of Arizona, if you don't pay your property taxes, um, it goes to a tax lien sale. If you don't pay that off in three years, literally somebody can take your home um, through a tax lien. And you have lost your home now because you didn't pay the three thousand dollars on a home that's worth six fifty. Even if you own it outright, and, and a lot of states well, have that these. That sounds like a separate policy problem to address. <laughs> right. Agree. State of Arizona. It is, and it's something we. But but the whole point comes back to when when housing prices rise, everything else is going with it. The cost of everything goes with it, and in the end of the day, who suffers? It's the homeowner. It's the renter. Um, and they're the one at the end of the day that are either going to not be able to put food on the table or they're going to have to get up and leave and move. And then that's a whole other situation. We have a mass migration that's leaving your state because it's gotten out of control. And, and we're seeing that with California. You mean, we have seen so many people move to Arizona, um, Texas, Florida. I think they had the number one U-Haul rentals one way is <laughs> always California. Um, same with New York. So you're right. I mean, this is this is an issue. And, and, and the whole goal for us is how do we keep people here? How do we keep residents here um, and, and keep this state uh you know, politically where we want it to be. And, and it's something we're struggling with right now. We're, we're, 
one seat majority in the House and Senate. You have a Dem governor, Dem AG, Dem secretary of state, two Dem senators. Um, but yet we still consider ourselves a red state. So it's uh, it's a challenge. In other states, you know, a lot of the YIMBY, yes, in my backyard, <laughs> folks, right. they're of the left. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Um, and, you know, it's uh, it's something I remind people when they move out here. I said, remember why you came to Arizona. Right? There's a reason why you left your state um, and you moved somewhere else like like Arizona. And so you have to remind them that you 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 came here for a reason. Um, the policies are what they are because of great things we've done at the legislature as, as a Republican majority for so many years. And so it's something that you, you hope they realize it. I think they they are now. Right. I, I had a friend of mine who's not. Well, I suppose what I mean is that it, it that that the idea of making housing more plentiful and affordable, it, it seems odd that one party would oh, claim right. ownership of something <laughs> right. that that by all rights ought to be extremely popular among everyone. You would think. Right. And But in this day and age, uh, everything's political. Right. I mean, nothing, everything that you think would be common sense um, is not. Um, and that's unfortunate because, like you said, housing, this is a no brainer um, and, and everybody's going to benefit. Everybody's going to is going to come out on top. And so, you know, it's uh, it's frustrating. But I, I think we're going to have some bipartisan support on this. We're going to need a governor to sign it who's a Democrat. So we have to get their 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 buy in and the league and city and towns. They've historically been against it, but we need their buy in, too, because. With a slim majority, uh, we got we have to get it across the finish line with Dems and Republicans. So, I'm hoping we can uh, we can make that happen this year. It's definitely important. Leo Biasucci is the Republican Majority Leader at the Arizona House of Representatives. We spoke last month. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please, and thank you for listening.